0: Hey friends, welcome to another episode and season 3 of The Adrian Tan Show. This is my podcast where I speak with folks that are having a great impact on what we call the future of work. But beyond just the enablers and vendors who are transforming this space, I will also be including intimate conversations with people who are navigating their own future of work. They have successfully transitioned and pivoted to new careers and I hope to distill their ups and downs in their unstructured journey so the rest of us can learn from their best practices. My guest today is Steven Look. He is a global executive and leadership coach. He helps senior executives and leaders overcome challenges associated with leadership, motivation, engagement, and performance. His passion is to help senior leaders and executives become even more effective leaders and reach their professional and organizational goals in the shortest time possible. As a certified solution-focused coach, Steven serves an international client base from Singapore, Malaysia, India to Switzerland. His coaching clients include a wide spectrum of professionals, including CEO, CFO, COO, MD, senior leaders, and many more. He works with clients from organizations such as Microsoft, HSBC, Standard Chartered, Novartis, and General Electric. Stephen is currently on the panel of executive coaches for the Nanyang Technological University EMBA program and a senior career fellow with Nanyang Business School. Hi, Stephen. Thank you for coming on to my podcast. Hey, Adrian, thank you for having me today. Today's episode is slightly different because for the past eighty-over episode, I've been interviewing people from the angle to understand more about how they contribute to HR tech and the kind of services that they provide to the HR community. But in today's episode, there is another additional focus, which is to also understand a bit about your career switch or your career change because you had done that quite a fair bit and, of course, to a great degree of success. So we will cover all the different angles, but maybe. for a start to help the audience better understand more about yourself. Could you help us to understand exactly what you're doing right now?
1: What I'm doing right now, I'm a professional executive coach. What I do is I do coaching, one-on-one coaching for mid-level to senior level executives. And the executives come from um, various industries and uh, companies, organizations, such as uh, Microsoft, HSBC, Standard Chartered Bank,
0: and also General Electric. Interesting. And we'll touch on a bit more on what an executive coach does. Since we are going to focus a bit on career switch as well, maybe I could also share how we actually got to know each other based on my recollection and correct me if I'm wrong. We both came up with our own book. I think around the same time and of course being in the similar scene knowing the similar book publisher that is how we got connected I remember attending one of your book launch at the library as well and we exchanged books and I think because our personality really clicked and we actually went into quite an interesting conversation but I want to go back in time to Mm. really help people understand the kind of uh, pivots that you have made you actually started your career in IT. Now, I'd like to really go back to the to day one for you, or even before you joined that company. How did you actually get into that role and that industry?
1: Wow. Let me see. Well, there's, there's some, there's kind of prehistoric uh, history. I started off um, as a software programmer way back in the late 19. 19- 90s. I worked with a software house when I first started as an IT programmer and then progressively I I found that programming wasn't my my cup of tea. So I moved on to doing computer networks in various companies and organizations and my career just took off from there. Slowly I I climbed the ladder in, in some of the organizations and then eventually I got to the regional leadership level in my last company, my last corporate job. My last corporate job was from year 2000 to year 2012, end of 2012. So I spent about almost 13 years in my last job. And in my last job, I was the regional head of IT for Asia Pacific in a US multinational company. And I was based here in Singapore.
0: And I do understand something really interesting happened in your last job, which also led you to perhaps the books that you have written. We'll touch on the books later on, but that something interesting is the fact that your attrition rate, the team that you manage is incredibly low. Could you shed more light on that and why do you think that happened? Okay, so
1: in year 2000, I joined this US multinational company. And when I first joined the company, the company was in, in a growth stage, accelerated growth stage. And they were acquiring businesses all across Asia-Pacific in a very uh, short period of time. So they they wanted to grow their business here in Asia-Pacific. And the IT systems around the Asia-Pacific region within the company's offices had to keep up with the business growth and expansion. So I was hired to develop and build this support systems for the businesses. And at the same time, I was tasked to put together a team here in Asia-Pacific. So when I first joined the company, I was actually the only one, the first permanent employee for this organization here in Singapore. And so I I had a mandate to build the team for the region. And so I started to travel to all the different offices here within the Asia-Pacific region to interview candidates for my regional team, and that took me about three to four years to fully build my team. So my, my team members were based in various different countries from Japan to Korea to China, Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, Australia, and also in India. So it's a very large geographic um, region. And the guys on my team were spread across all these regions, these countries within the Asia-Pacific region, and it took me about four years to, to completely build that team from ground up. So I had the opportunity and the privilege to interview each and every one of those that I hired for the team. And over the years, from, 20, from 2000 to 2012, my attrition rate for the team was close to almost zero for 10 years, 10 straight years. There were a, a few attrition at the beginning, perhaps in t- 2001, 2002, if I remember correctly. But thereafter, the, the the attrition rate was close to zero. And in your
0: opinion, why did that happen? Is it just because you played a part in selecting the right people? I'm very certain, just like what we are seeing in the news right now, selection of member of Parliament sometimes may also go haywire. So it has to be something else. What exactly did you th- do you think that you did correctly to ensure that the attrition numbers is close to zero?
1: Before I set out to, to hire the people that I wanted on the team, I asked myself a couple of questions. One was, what kind of people do I want on my team? And what did I want the team chief over the next couple of years? So the most critical question was uh, what kind of people I wanted on my team, what kind of culture I wanted to build for the team. So when I set out to hire or interview those individuals for the team, I made sure that each one of them had the right personality, had the right attitude, and also the aptitude for growth, to learn and to work together with, with others on the team, because it's a regional team and it's going to be people from different cultures, different backgrounds, different values. and people speaking different languages as well. Although English was the the common language, but we had people from Korea, Japan, China, all speaking different languages their native languages. So the thing that would bind the people together in a team had to be very clear. And in my mind, there were four things that were very clear. One was the cultural fit. Everyone who came into the team had to fit in with the team culture, and also the organizational culture. Second was the attitude. Each person has to bring the correct attitude to the team and also to the organization. The third attribute that I looked for was aptitude. Aptitude is the the capacity to, to learn and to grow. What's important is that it wasn't the skills specifically for the team, but the ability to learn and to fit in with the team. That was crucial for me. And then the fourth and final attribute was uh, personality. I didn't want people who had extreme personalities on the team. Like for example, I didn't want people who were volatile in terms of their temperament because that would upset the team's harmony in the long run. So the four areas that, that I look for, the four attributes that I, I specifically look for were aptitude and personality. So all of them had to fit or meet the criteria that I set up um, For each of the individuals for the team, the
0: regional team. So the next part of your career trajectory, which of course is when I got to know you, where you became uh, an author as well as a trainer on helping people to become great interviewers. So w- could you help us to understand maybe what motivated you to jump into this?
1: When I was working with this, this company in twenty twelve, at the end of twenty twelve, I was actually retrenched, and so. When I was retrenched, I was deciding whether to go back to the corporate world, find another job, corporate world, and do the same thing, or to do something different. And I decided that, hey, I I didn't want to do the same thing again, because I've been in the ID function for over 20 years, and I wanted to see some changes. And at that point, I was thinking, what, what could I do? If I leave the corporate world and come out, then what do I do? And. The thing that struck me at that moment was, actually, I had a lot of experience in interviewing people, individuals from different cultures, different countries, and bringing them together as a team to work as a team. So I thought, hey, I've got something working there. And I thought, yeah, perhaps I should take my experience, distill it into a book, and then bring it out to the market and see what happens from there. And that this, this was exactly what I did. So I, I distilled my experiences interviewing all these individuals, how I interviewed them. And then I wrote a book and published the book. And the book was published in uh, sometime in 2012. And then I decided I'll come out and start a training and consulting business. And that was exactly what I focused on, training HR and hiring managers, leaders, to hire the right people for their teams and their organizations. And that was how I started.
0: So this would be the first time you did a career switch, moving from a corporate role uh, to going into full-time as your own boss in doing all this training, as well as becoming an author. Could you walk through that? early part of the journey. What are some of the common challenges that you came up with, the pitfalls that in hindsight, things that you could have easily avoided so that the audience who are listening, who may have the same inclination to go into doing their own thing, can better learn from your best practices?
1: The first time when I pivoted, to be very honest, I was at a total loss. I didn't know what I was doing actually. I've never started a business on my own. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to do. But I... So anyway, so what I did was I, I, I joined a lot of networking events to get to know people, to expand my network. After, after spending over 20 years in the corporate scene, I realized that my network outside of the corporate world was very limited. And I had no idea what the training or consulting industry was like. And so I, I decided to join networking events. Met a lot of different people. And then I started to engage them in conversations and to learn from them. And I also realized that most people who pivot and go into doing something different, especially starting their old business, many don't do planning like myself. I didn't do any much planning. I just just moved into the role and then I I, I discovered the the pitfalls along the way. And one of the biggest things that I regretted not doing is um, setting aside a fixed amount of a budget and planning what I needed to do as uh, next steps, building up the business. Because um, one of the biggest regrets I had was spending too much money on doing some of those, building up my website for my business. A lot of money went into that because first, I, I didn't know how to build a website. So I had to engage somebody to to do that for me. And not knowing the industry, not knowing the market outside, I readily just agreed to whatever price they they offered, that came to a huge amount of money. So a large portion of my initial budget that I put aside for building the business and marketing actually went into website building. And that left me with very limited resources. resources thereafter. And when I started to go out to companies or organizations to try to pitch my training programs, I realized that I didn't have enough resources to print proper brochures, um, proper marketing materials when I went to see the, the see potential clients. And that was a huge mistake because when I went to organizations where the, the bigger organizations, multinational companies, one of the things that they would expect from, from uh, someone pitching a training program was to bring along some credible materials, some collaterals or some brochures that could that you could pass to them. I uh, didn't have any. Uh, in fact, most of the appointments I went to, I went almost empty-handed. And the brochures and the materials that I handed to them were, they looked so cheap that I, I, I actually lost most of them during the initial days.
0: A lot of things were done on the go to also uncover what needs to be done and to move forward. With all that said, you still found a lot of success doing what you did before. What are some of the key points that you believe contributed to your success?
1: I guess one of the things is uh, persistence. There there were many times that I asked myself, what was I doing in this journey? And there were many times that I wanted to quit. But I I told myself, no, I've really come this far. I've really published the books. I've really designed the workshops. And so I, I decided I need to push forward and then and gave myself a chance to see what happens from there and I continued to join those networking events and during one of those networking events, I met someone and we hit it off. We got along very well together and we exchanged our, our, our business information and the that lady that I met during this event, she found out that I was actually doing training and hiring, uh, training hiring managers. And she told me that she has a friend who is actually looking for a trainer to to do a workshop for their hiring managers and their HR um, leaders as well. So she introduced me to a friend who was working in this multinational, US multinational company. And I met up with this contact in this company. And I managed to clinch that first deal. And it was with a US multinational company. And they signed up for the first workshop, went very well. And then subsequently, they decided to sign up more workshops with me. So that was how it it took off. It started with one, one successful client, and then that led to the next one and then the next one and and, and so on so, and, and so forth. So from that one single meeting with this lady at the networking event, it led to the first opportunity. And that first opportunity landed me uh, a few more other opportunities with various different multinational companies. So over the years, I spent about five years doing the, the workshops, the training, and over the five years, I managed to clinch several deals with various different multinational companies. So I, I count I count Coca Cola as one of my as one of my um, clients, including companies like which is a pharmaceutical company as well. So over the last over the five years, I, I managed to build up the business
0: and clinch a couple of pretty good deals. So it's really a look at what persistence can bring for you if you just continue to put one foot ahead of the other. And if you believe in the process, good things will come along. Now, uh, with that, I'd like to accelerate a little bit because all that are actually in past tense because you have since moved away from training on interviewing skills, etc., to become an executive coach. How did that realization come about and why did you decide to make the change?
1: I stumbled upon coaching, actually. Sometime back in 2017, I was looking around because the training industry is a very saturated one. Uh, Lots of competitors up there um, doing the the same things. Most of them can do um, the same things that I do. So I decided that it was time to move on and to do something. Plus, uh, conducting training for organizations can be a very tiring endeavor. So I decided to explore around and look around and see what else I could do. And I stumbled upon coaching, so I I started to explore coaching to find out if coaching was something that I could do as as a pivot or something, a new business that I could do. So I spent a couple of months researching the different approaches of uh, coaching. There are many different schools of coaching out there, different approaches, different frameworks. So I spent a bit of time exploring the market to see what kind of coaching was really out there. And then I stumbled upon this particular approach called the solutions-focused approach. And I was so intrigued by it that I decided, hey, I'll just sign up for the course. It was a seven-month course to get me the the certification as a certified solution-focused coach. During the seven months that I was going through the coaching course, I realized that coaching was something that I was very comfortable with, something that I could do well, something that I completely enjoy. So it was like I stumbled upon a passion that I could carry with me for the rest of my life. And I also realized that during my corporate days, I was already doing coaching. Although during that time, I didn't realize I was doing coaching. So when I took up the, the seven months course on coaching, I realized that, hey, coaching isn't something new to me. I've been doing this for many years when I was working in the corporate world. And it, it just clicked at that moment when I discovered that, hey, coaching is something that I could do, something that I truly enjoy. I, I, I like, I enjoy coaching individuals and seeing them succeed. And so I decided, hey, why don't I give this a try and see if this is something that I could do for the next several years. And so I decided I will start a start a new business. And just as, about, as as I was about to start the new business in coaching, the uh, pandemic hit. COVID pandemic hit. And that was just the beginning of 2018. And I thought, wow, with the pandemic, then it's going to slow my, my, my acceleration in, in this area. But it turned out to be a blessing in disguise because when the pandemic hit, All the training workshops or most of the training workshops for organizations, they ceased. Most organizations, they decided to postpone all of their training because you couldn't do face-to-face training. Literally overnight, everything went online. And at that point, I wasn't ready to do training online because I didn't have the equipment, I didn't have the experience, didn't have the proper environment at home as well. So. What I did was, I did coaching online instead, because doing coaching online wasn't difficult. The basic equipment um, was already there. All you needed was a camera, laptop, and a good microphone. And surprisingly, the coaching part of the business took off in 2018. And that has not slowed down ever since. So for the past two years or so, I've been doing most of my coaching online. And most, in fact, all of my clients, quite comfortable being coached online. And because the business went online, I managed to clinch some international clients as well, and clients as far as, as far away as Switzerland.
0: During the earlier days, to really start all again from scratch, it must also has been very challenging despite this being your second business. Did you navigate that differently or was it truly as challenging as your first business?
1: Oh, That's a very good question. There were a lot of lessons learned uh, from my first business venture and I carried all of those lessons with me to this one. So I deliberately tried to avoid making the same mistakes I did previously. So one of the things that I did was to allocate sufficient resources and to make sure that I plan the approach better. I didn't rush into it. What I did was to first test the market, which I didn't do when I first started the training consulting business. So for the coaching business, what I did was I tested the market first. Before I, literally before I designed anything, what I did was to put out feelers on social media, particularly on LinkedIn to to see to get a feel of the kind of reactions from potential clients so what i did was to to write posts uh, related to coaching related to the areas of um, the areas that i coach particularly in the leadership coaching and i i started to get quite positive responses and reactions from the linkedin community And in fact, one of my posts that I did on LinkedIn landed me a client all the way from Switzerland. This particular client just happened to see my my post on LinkedIn and decided to get in touch with me.
0: I'm very certain for some of our listeners who are still listening until right now, they definitely would have some interest in going into their own business as well, or maybe thinking of making an entirely different pivot out there. So for any newbies out there, what, what are some of your advice that you have for them? What are the three key things that you believe they should really start thinking about, working on, if they truly want to make their own career switch?
1: The three things that come to mind are, one, you need to be clear about what you want to achieve. Clarity is very important. That's crucial. Because if you're not clear where you want to go, then anything you do Will never get you there. So, first, get really clear about what your goal is. Where do you want to go? Because once that is very clear to you, most of the other things will fall into place almost automatically. So, first, get clarity. Second is to chart your path towards that goal. What do you need to get to help you get to that goal that you have decided to achieve? So you need to talk about, you need to think about the resources that you have, the networks that you have, and the support that you can get on during your journey towards your goal. And one of the most important support that you must get, in my experience, is your family. Without Without the support of your family members, that journey can be a lot more tougher. So you can get support from friends, you can get support from your peers. But the most important support that you need will be from your immediate family members. So in in my case, I needed the support and the agreement of my wife. Because if my wife doesn't agree with the kind of journey that I'm embarking on, then that will make my journey a lot more difficult, a lot more tougher. And the third thing would be the resources that you have. You need to be sure to be clear about the kind of resources that you have today what are the limits what are the lines that you cannot cross so if if let's say for example if you have $5000 that you have put aside for this for this business that you have then you need to make sure that whatever you do doesn't bust this $5000 budget so you need to plan properly you need to, be, you, need to be, you need to be sure how much resources you have today and how far can you go with this amount of resources? So in my case, what I did, it was very clear for me that coaching was the way that I wanted to go because it was a passion. It was something that I truly enjoyed doing. And I talked to my wife about it and I said, look, I want to pivot from training because training is taking taking up too much of my resources, my time and energy. So I wanted to do something that I enjoyed along the way because if you enjoy doing something along the way, it doesn't become work to you. So I talked to my wife said, okay, she supported me. And then that's where I started to go into it um, wholeheartedly. And then I set aside, I asked myself, "What, what are the things that I need to do to get myself to that goal? And I set aside the resources that I needed. What are the equipment that I need? For example, doing coaching online, I needed a good quality microphone or headset, a good quality camera, webcam. And of course, as as a coach, I needed a platform to do my coaching on. So I decided there are so many different online platforms and I decided to go with Zoom. And because Zoom is a subscription-based product and service, so you need to have that, that financial resource behind you to be able to fund it because every year you need to pay for that kind of What else do you need? Do you need a, an external monitor? Do you need a lighting equipment? And so on and so forth. So all these things actually cost um, money. So you need to be able to set aside a um, certain amount of funds. It doesn't have to be a lot, but a reasonable amount of funds, easily estimated. And then once you have the funds, then you need to manage that, that, those resources that you have. So those are the three things that I would say to the listeners, If they they are thinking about starting something new, starting a new venture, you need to think about these three things.
0: I definitely second the second part that you mentioned about getting family support. When I started my current business, I uh, hesitated telling my wife about it because (laughs) I was afraid that I couldn't get her support. But I actually, uh, a huge weight actually came off my chest after confiding in her and getting her support that this whole thing will work out well. Although along the way, she may make fun of me. If you don't get a business <laughs> deal, you better go back to find a job and all that. But I take it in jazz, I, but I do realize that getting that support is very important. And with all that said, I would really uh, give a thank to you coming on board. Uh, as what Steven mentioned, he really took it slow for this business because I've been offering the chance to speak with him, giving some publicity on podcasts, but it took him more than two years, I would say, <laughs> before the start of COVID, I already share. Even until now, we are going down to the tail end of COVID. He just happened to come on, uh, but I can really attest the kind of things that he brings to the table, and even in my daily conversation, whenever I get to chat with him, he would usually put on his uh, coaching hat, and to help decipher some of the difficulties that I have in my life. And with that, I really want to extend my deepest appreciation. So for people who may be keen to find out more about yourself, about what you're doing right now, where can they go to?
1: They can find me on my website. My corporate website is wwwelc
0: i. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. All this will be added into the show notes. So if you're interested to find out more about what Stephen does for a living right now, or maybe just to reach out to him and get some of his career advice, just to have a chat with him, I'm very certain he'll be open to it. Thank you, Stephen, so much for sharing with us your behind the scene on how you manage your career trajectory and also some of the tips and advice that all our listeners would benefit from. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Adrian. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you are using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Han Show.